Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. We're looking at the church in Philippi in the New Testament. And what I want to say today is let's go back to how church used to be. You know, I've been in church ministry for many years. And there is a, a common phrase that comes up a lot of the time from Christians saying, we never used to do it that way. Oh boy, I was once in a traditional denomination and to even move the piano by a foot on a Sunday morning took a congregational vote and it took us six months to convince people that we could move it a foot because people say, we never used to do it that way. We get so ingrained, don't we? As Christians and as humans, I guarantee you're sitting in the same seat you sat in last week. Maybe not all of you. <laughs> but most. Sadly, we had a lady come to our church about three months ago and she sat on the carpet at the back, even though the, there were plenty of chairs. And someone went to her and they said, why are you sitting on the carpet? There's seats. She said, I'm scared to offend someone by sitting in their seat. That's not an indictment on our church because she'd never been to our church before. But that is the Christian culture. We get stuck in our ways, don't we? And what I want to show us today is that it's right to remember how it used to be, but we don't go back far enough. We go back five years, 10 years, maybe 20, 20 years, and we remember how church used to be, and we think we make it sacred, and we think that's how church must always be. We must always sing those same songs and say things in the same way and do things in the same order. But what we need to do is we need to go back further than 20 years. Let's go back 100 years to when the Holy Spirit revival was poured out. You know, in the early 1900s, there was a revival of the Holy Spirit. And it didn't just happen in Azusa Street, California. It happened in Wales. It happened in the Hebrides. It happened in Indonesia. It happened in different parts of the world. God poured out His Holy Spirit all over the planet. And the gifts of the Spirit that they saw in the book of Acts and in the New Testament were revived to the church. But let's not just go back a hundred years. Let's go back a couple of hundred years before that, when the great evangelistic movements came about, where Wesley and Whitfield and all these great evangelists realized church is not just for the holy huddle and the blessed few just to be happy within themselves. We need to take the message out to the whole world and they spread the gospel. But let's not just go back that far. Let's go back 500 years to the Reformation when Luther and Calvin and many others brought back salvation by grace through faith and the word of God is true and we need to rely on him alone alone and not our religiousness. But let's not just go back that far. Let's go back to the book of the New Testament. You see, the problem is not that we want to go back. The problem is we don't want to go back far enough. And the book of Acts and then all the different books in the New Testament give us a template, a blueprint of how church could be and should be. And I want to challenge you and me 
today to say let's radically go back to how it used to be. You know, when, when Luther and the Reformation came along, there was massive resistance. 99% of the Christian world said, you're crazy trying to change things. And he said, I'm just trying to get us back to how it was in the Bible. And then when the Baptists came along, or the, the evangelists came along, or the Holy Spirit people came along, whenever there's a new move of God to bring us back to how it was in the book of Acts, the majority of the church world react against it because they say, we don't want to change. And I want to say that there is another move. I'm not saying we are a reformation. I'm not saying we're as great as the people who brought the evangelistic movement or baptism or the Holy Spirit. Or, I'm not claiming anything like that. What I'm saying is that I believe God is doing something just like he's done it several times in history, God is bringing the church, not our church, the church, Christians, back to some aspect of how Christianity was in the New Testament. And from what I can see, and I must admit my perspective is limited, I can't see everything and I don't know everything, but from what I can see, this is the last piece of the puzzle. If I look at Christianity in the New Testament, I see that they were a community, that they loved, that they were committed to one another, that the Holy Spirit and miracles were moving powerfully, that they were reaching out and planting churches, and whole regions were hearing the word of the Lord in a short space of time. And that it wasn't just ordained ministers who were doing all the work. Every Christian was a minister and they were all involved and the gospel was spreading in an exciting way. That's the New Testament Christianity that I read about. And then I look at all the steps God has taken to adjust the church back to how it should be. And what I'm seeing now is the last, I believe, the last step in that little process and I'm going to describe it to you today. So we've been looking at the church in Philippi and last week we spoke about how they were partnered with each other, with Paul and his team of fellow workers and with Jesus. We used a word called yoke, Y-O-K-E, not joke, not egg yoke, not all these different things that I've heard people saying recently. Yoke, Y-O-K-E means a wooden thing that you put over an oxen's shoulders to join it to other oxen. We are the oxen. We are joined together with other Christians. We are yoked together. This phrase appears several times in the New Testament. We saw last week in Philippians 4, Paul is talking to two ladies, Euodia and Syntyche, and he's saying to them, please ladies, get your life back together with each other. Be of one mind, be reconciled, because you used to labor with me. You were my fellow workers doing the work of the gospel. And then he speaks to another man whose name we don't know. It could have been Epaphroditus, it could have been Luke, it could have been Timothy, it could have been any of them. We're not sure who he was speaking to. But he says, my loyal yoke fellow. In other words, you oxen, you yoked with me. And then he speaks to Clement, another man, and he says, you're one of my fellow workers. And in all of this little section, in Philippians 4 verses 2 and 3, we see that Paul had a group of yoked Christians who were yoked with him. But he wasn't the boss. 
Jesus was the main oxen. And we read in Matthew 11 where Jesus said, If you're weary and heavy laden, come and take my yoke upon you and you'll find rest and refreshing. And we understood that the Philippians had got yoked together with each other. There were lovely close relationships, although they took a little bit of work and effort. They were yoked with a mission, Paul and, and his fellow workers. But most importantly, they were yoked with Jesus in reaching the world. And so the way that it played out is Paul left Philippi and he went to Thessalonica, he went to Athens, he went to Corinth, he went to Ephesus, and each place he went, he was getting churches going and his fellow workers were helping him. The Philippians were praying for him. He was praying for them. They were sending people to help him. He was sending people back to them. There was communication. And he says, your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now means that my grace is shared with you and your grace with me and my provision is shared with you and yours with me and there's this multiplication of joy and blessing because we are partnered in a bigger task of reaching the world for Christ so what is the aspect that the church has lost I'll tell you what it is most churches and I'm not mentioning anyone I don't have a single person in my mind all the names are fictitious. No real characters. Are, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm not pointing a finger at a particular church. But most churches today are inward focused and have lost complete touch with the Great Commission. Most churches. We mentioned a statistic recently that 51% of Christians in America had never heard of the Great Commission. So God has brought back salvation by grace. He's brought back baptism. He's brought back evangelism. He's brought back the Holy Spirit's power. But now he's bringing back this last aspect, which is, I believe, we're partnering with Jesus in the Great Commission. And somehow, churches today in the modern world are copying what happened in the New Testament. A third of the world are cut off from the good news and they don't have anyone in their community that they can ask about Jesus. One out of three people on earth live in a community where there is no Christian church. Two billion people. How can it be? That with all of our resources and all of our wealth, two billion people don't have a single Christian in their language or in their community that they can speak to about Christ. The harvest rots in the field if no one's there to harvest it. This is a video that's produced by an organization called Beyond.org. And there are many organizations like this now. You can look them up on the internet. They are a church planting movement, beyond.org. They have seen extraordinary results. They send people into little rural villages in Asia and in various parts of the world, and they tell stories about Jesus to local people. The people don't know Jesus yet, but they hear the stories, and then they say to those people, now you go and tell that story to somebody else and then tell them to tell somebody else. And they have little discussion groups starting and churches are being planted and thousands of people are becoming Christians 
Because what happened in the New Testament is starting to happen again. Instead of nice little churches which are built in fancy buildings and never plant another church and never think about the, the lost, churches are starting to think about the Great Commission. And I want to say this to you. The results that they saw in the New Testament, we are starting to see today. Miracles and healings, yes, but the community, the joy, the fellowship. We often wonder, why is church such a political place? Why is church such a backbiting place? Why is church such a nasty place? I'll tell you why. It's because all of those juices that God put in us to reach the lost, if we're not reaching the lost, we'll turn them on each other and we'll become aggressive to other Christians. <laughs> And instead of fighting the devil and taking ground for Christ, we fight our brother or sister. And we use church as a place for weird reasons. Getting my own needs met or trying to be seen as important or control other people or whatever. And it's, it's not supposed to be that. We're supposed to be reaching out to the lost. So how did the Philippians do it? How did Paul do it? They prayed. They partnered with him. They partnered with uh, Jesus in his mission. They sent people. They received people. But they were involved in thinking about the world. And I want to just mention the Roman road and the Roman peace system. Did you know that from 27 BC to 180 AD, there was a time in history called the Pax Romana, which is the Roman peace. Rome had conquered the known world. They had instituted laws. There was peace and law and order. They put a road system which allowed people to travel freely. And there was a united language. Just about everybody in the known world understood how to speak to one another. And God put the gospel into that culture at that time so that it could spread like wildfire and Paul used it he used his Roman citizenship when he was in Philippi and he was beaten and they took him and they said oh sorry we're gonna set you free he said but I'm a Roman citizen I want you to apologize to me because of the law of Rome even though he was a Jew he had Roman citizenship and he used it to his advantage to spread the gospel in 1500 AD, when the Reformation happened, God organized for the printing press to be invented just at the time when the Bible was being rediscovered. And so it was printed, and Martin Luther's teachings were printed, and it was distributed to millions of people, and it could not have happened a hundred years earlier because the printing press had not been invented. God used a technological system to spread His gospel. Friends, I want to tell you something. The internet is the Roman road and peace system of our day. Now, I know the internet can be used for evil. Just like the Roman system could be used for evil. Just like the printing press could be used for evil. But God has given it to us in our day and age so that we can copy what happened in the New Testament in our day and age. We can use the internet. There's a, a global peace there's a global system. There is an, a language uh, regime right now where even if people don't speak our language, through the internet they can press translate and they can understand what we're saying. And I want to tell you that God is doing something in our day. 
And unfortunately, most Christians are sleepy to it. Most Christians go to church and they're thinking it's just the same as it was 50 years ago. They think it's just about me and my little community and let me do a little bit of political jostling and then that's church. No! There is a great mission to be achieved. And I want to say to you that God has given us the privilege of being a part of this. God has given us the opportunity to use the internet and to use our prayers, to use our relationships and supernatural open doors to be able to reach people. There are people in our congregation today who heard about us because of technology that the Lord has allowed us to use. And I'm meeting and hearing from people on a daily basis who are being helped. You know, just as Paul went to Thessalonica and Athens and Corinth and Ephesus and churches were established and the world was changed and you and I became saved because of that spreading of the gospel, we, us, yes, us, we are affecting planet Earth in our own small way. We're not the only ones, but I want to tell you that we are affecting the world. There are many churches today that are not. There are many churches that are completely insular. It's all about them. And people who've been in those churches who come to us struggle to change their mindset. They struggle to realize this is church is not about us and inward things. It's not just bless me, bless me, bless me. It's got a bigger mission. But when they get it, when they're able to make that switch in their brains and realize that we are a community who love each other, we love Jesus, we do all the things a normal church does, but we have a mission and we're busy doing it. When people realize that, it changes their Christianity. And I've seen Christians go, they've been 20 years just puttering along as normal Christians and suddenly they get this. They, they may have even been filled with the Holy Spirit. They may have even seen miracles in their lives. But when they get this mission that actually there's two billion people out there who need Christ and God can use us to reach them, suddenly it's like they've got jet fuel in their Christian life. It's like a whole different paradigm. And I suddenly realize this is what I, why my Christian life is not what it was in the New Testament. Why is my Christian life so different? I, I wasn't seeing this part of it. I didn't realize it's about reaching the world. And I'm just going to spend 10 minutes showing you that we can do this. Jesus said to his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, where you can say Jersey instead of Jerusalem. Judea, you can say Channel Islands instead of Chan Judea. Samaria, you can say the UK and Europe instead of that. And to the ends of the earth, you can say the whole world for that. Jesus told his disciples to reach four places, but he put the word and in between each one, not then. He didn't say you reach Jersey and when you finish reaching Jersey, then you move to the Channel Islands. And when you finish the Channel Islands, then you move to Europe and the UK. And when you've fully done that, then you move to the rest of the world. He didn't say that. He said and. He said you're reaching your local community while at the same time you're reaching the Channel Islands. And at the same time, you're reaching Europe. And at the same time, you're reaching the world. And for generations, when I was growing up as a Christian, that was impossible for a local church to do. But we can. And what I'm about to show you on the screen is what we make available to 
people in Africa. I've had emails from people in Africa saying, thank you for these teachings, they're blessing me. I've had people in, uh, an email from a man in India three weeks ago. He says, I watch these videos every day. I've had emails from people in England, America, South America. People are being blessed. We're reaching the nations. And it's not just like watching a, a, a program. They're actually linking with us. And we're praying with them. Churches have been started around the world and small groups. There is exciting stuff happening. The book of Philippians is happening in our day and age. And I wanted to show you what they see when they log into our website. Because it'll bless us. What we're producing for them it, I, I just got this feeling that most people in our church don't even realize what we have. So we're about to show you a video of our site on the web, on the internet called leadinglightsnetwork.com. As people log in, they come to the welcome back page. If you logged into leadinglightsnetwork.com, you would come to this page where every week there's a new video from me, a four or five minute video called a weekly update, where I give you a little bit of info and I introduce a topic for the week. Underneath that, there's a little line in green writing called Watch This Week's Featured Videos. And if you click on that, you get taken to a page where there are four videos, all on a similar topic for that week, and you can watch them. There's really interesting teaching from different people. And then underneath that, it says Watch This Week's Message in Various Formats. There's a TV option where you can watch it like a TV show. There's a service online and there's listen to our material for people who just want to listen to it. So you can get the weekly message in various different formats um, and different aspects on it. If you click on the online church service option, it'll take you to a website where you watch an online service. There's praise and worship, there's prayer, there's a time for an offering, there is a way to respond with your prayer requests or questions, there is an altar call where you can click and say, I put my hand up to receive Jesus today, and 82 people have done that in the last few months all around the world. There's a tab where you can click to see notes of the sermon, there's another tab where you can click to see a Bible version, and that appears every single week. We're putting this out. You guys are putting this out to the world and people are being blessed by that. That's it. If we go back to our homepage, just underneath the weekly section, there are three blocks. We said there are three types of people who come to our site. Those who want to get started in Christianity, those who want Bible school material and teaching, and those who want to lead or start a new group in their home. Maybe in India, maybe in the Arab countries, maybe in China, maybe in South America. So if they click on the first one, get started, they'll be taken to a page which gives them the basic first steps they need to have as a Christian. There, there are five first steps. There are seven first videos, things like how is the Bible helpful? Who is Jesus? How do I become a Christian? Why do I pray? They can watch those seven. They can communicate with us. And then underneath that, there's a few, three Bible school modules. And the Bible school modules have normally between five and seven videos, and they run in an order, and you work through them. So let's look at the Bible school. If you click on the Bible school tab in the middle there, you'll be taken to our Bible school page. There's a module on faith, how to hear God's voice, Nehemiah, loving God's word, who is the Holy Spirit, godly wisdom for life, renewing your mind, 
Grace and the law, finances and giving. Did you know all this was available? There are chapters and chapters, videos and videos, so much material available for people in our Bible school page. If you click on one of those, let's say the faith one, it takes you to the Bible school module for faith. You can see the, the course list on the right. There are seven videos involved. Um, it gives you the video to watch. And then underneath there's a document section where there are often free books attached or, or written materials. If a person takes the third option, so we've seen the get started, we've seen the Bible school, if they take the third option to lead a group and they click on that, it takes them to a page where there is a roadmap for how a person can start a group in their home and in their area. There's a lady called Meg up in the north of England who's in her 80s who is doing this right now. Pray for Meg, Lord. Bless Meg. It takes them through the different sections on how to start a group and each of those modules has about five or six videos in. It'll tell you how many videos and how long each section is. You can go there. In this one, Practical Steps to Start a Group, there's a lovely video there from Jello and Jackie in our church talking about how they lead a life group and there's so much good material on there to help people start a group. And if you're trying to start a group, this is helpful. Back to the home page and the tag cloud underneath all of that material that we've just mentioned, uh, there is a tag cloud where basically all the different topics that we've spoken about are there and you can browse through it. And if you click on any of those words, church, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, faith, grace, uh, relationships, whatever it is, it'll take you to all the videos that talk about that topic. Underneath that, there's a search bar so you can say, I want to learn how to whatever and then underneath there's all of our videos listed there are over 660 videos on our site and as you go down you'll see them hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of videos there's one here called being transformed by rob mcfarlane if you click on that it takes you to his wonderful smiling face you can click on related videos and there's a whole lot of videos similar to it and then you can watch the video and once you've watched it if you then go back to our home page and you look at that little thumbnail for being transformed it tells you you started watching this video on the 31st of may and if you'd finished watching it, it would have told you you finished watching it on that date. So you can know which videos you have watched and which ones you haven't watched. The resources section is so full of resources. There's a drop-down menu. There's Bible school. There's a sermon series. There's all of our TV shows. There's a how-to's page with a whole lot of practical teaching. There are documents with free books and resources. Uh, there's the stories project and then there's the featured material this week. So if we go to our resources page, let's just look at um, what the resources page looks like and then we're just gonna look at a couple of the sections there. We're nearly finished now. So on the sermon series, we've got a thumbnail and a description and if you click on it, it shows you how many videos for all the different sermons. Those of you who are in our church will recognize all of these. Overcomers, Fruitful Families, Run to God First, All You Need Is, and it just goes all the way through. You can go back and you can look at those. You can share them with other people and say, have you thought about watching the sermon series? There's so many different materials there and the world is being helped. The Philippian church, us, are blessing the world. We go back to the resources section and we look at the stories project. This is where we've taken the stories of the Bible, we've told the stories in English, 
but we've used translation capabilities so that anyone in any language can understand it. So if you click on subtitles, it gives you the subtitle under the video, and then you click on settings, you go to the language, and you can pick any language. Let's just pick German, for example, and now you can see that the video is still being there, but it's being translated into German so that anyone can understand it and tell the story and the gospel can spread. Let's look at the how-tos section. Practical how-tos, practical ministry skills, for example. How to lead a small group. There's a video on that, very, very helpful. And then underneath, there are, I don't know how many, 20 different small group Bible study documents that people can use. There are so many Bible study discussion guides on this page that you can use. And they're brilliant, every single one of them. Um, in the how-tos, section as well. There, there's many other things. Um, how to begin a group, how to lead a life group, how to do worship better, uh, leadership principles, um, various, various how-tos, how to share your faith and various other things. And then lastly, the documents section has free books. There are, uh, I think it's 12 free books just for free. Really good Christian books in there from various authors. There are um, Bible study materials and outlines. There is a, a whole lot of information. And this is all for free. You know, Jesus said, freely you've received, freely give. We're just giving this out. We don't charge anyone anything. There's an About Us section where people can learn who we are. There's a page showing all the different speakers. Um, there's some great speakers from all over the world. Um, and if you click on a person's name on this list, you can see all the videos that they've done. So Bayless, Conley's videos, there are all of those listed in one place. And then lastly, there's a subscribe to our newsletter button, which if somebody clicks on it, they get weekly emails and other emails from us. They get a whole lot of material and teaching. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.